Welcome back to the Functional Creative episode four. Today we're talking about niche. Niche is a fun word to say. Niche. I think the best way to start this conversation is to look at the actual definition for what niche is. Webster's Dictionary defines niche as a specialized segment of the market for a particular kind of product or service. And why this is important is because you need to know who you're marketing towards as a creative if you do this for a living. If you're a hobbyist, you can probably skip this podcast unless you think that you might want to turn your hobby into a business someday. As a photographer, I have, I have new photographers asking me all the time like what they should be taking photos of, and it's really hard for me to answer because you got to take photos of things that you enjoy, and everyone's different. But as a hobbyist, I would just tell them, take photos of everything. Take photos of people, of plants, of cars, of sporting events. Just take photos of everything, and eventually you're going to see what you really enjoy taking photos of. And when you find what you really enjoy taking photos of, double down on that and keep doing that. But if you're listening to this right now and you have a creative service that you offer and it's your primary source of income or you're trying to make it your primary source of income, then I think having a niche is very important. I'm going to use photographers and videographers as a lot of examples in today's podcast. This advice works for every creative field, but I want to use examples that I have from real life experiences. But once again, for everybody, this advice is for everybody, every creative field. If you are a photographer and you take photos of everything, you can't market your services towards anybody. You can't just say, my target demographic is everybody. Because that's just like yelling a bunch of gibberish into a big field full of people who aren't really paying attention. Put it this way. Let's say that you're going to get married, right? You're getting married. You and your fiancé are looking for a wedding photographer. And you're given two photographers' websites. And the first one you go to, the website says John Smith Wedding Photographer. And it's all these photos of all these great weddings, of all these couples enjoying their big day. And there's just a hundred photos of all the weddings that they've shot over the last several years. And then you go to photographer B, Joe Smith, and there's a couple photos of weddings, but then there's also photos of, of concerts, and there's photos of indoor sporting events, and there's photos of a dog running in a field, and there's a photo of a couple models at the park, and then there's a photo of somebody skateboarding at a skate park. As somebody who's looking for a photographer for a wedding, who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with the person that says, hi, I'm a wedding photographer and here's all my examples? Or are you going to go with the other photographer that just kind of seems all over the place with their work? You're going to choose the first person because you say, this is the service that I need and here's a lot of great examples and this is how they identify themselves as a wedding photographer. And that's what I'm looking for, a wedding photographer. And that's exactly why, as a creative, you want to have a niche because you want to know who you're marketing towards. Because it isn't everybody. It, you know, your business isn't for everybody. It's for a certain demographic of people. You see it with television shows all the time. Some TV shows really want the 18 to 49 male demographic. Some people want the 13 to 18 female demographic. It's all about who you're marketing your service towards. 
Now, how much that you choose to narrow down that niche is up to you. So I have a friend who's a wedding photographer, but for outdoor weddings only. So don't, I'm, I'm waving my finger right now. Don't you dare, you can't see it because it's a podcast. Don't you dare contact her if you're getting married inside because she doesn't shoot indoor weddings. She only shoots outdoor weddings, which seems funny on the surface. But if you're somebody who's getting married in like the mountains of New Hampshire at a lodge or a farm and you go to her website and it's all these great outdoor weddings with kind of the same vibe that you're looking for for your wedding, you're going to feel really confident about using this person's service. And she's really good at what she does because she has repetition. Repetition makes you an expert, right? So she goes out and shoots these types of weddings regularly. So if there's any kind of problem or issue, she's had that problem or issue come up a hundred times in the past. It makes it very easy to solve because she's dealt with it so many times before. Repetition makes you an expert. It's not necessarily good to be the jack of all trades. It's better to be great at one thing. Now, if somebody forced her to take her camera and go shoot an indoor sporting event, that's very different. That's a very different type of work. And I don't think she would be very good at it. And I think she would tell you that I would not be very good at this because I'm used to kind of bright, airy, spacious outdoor weddings. I'm not really used to taking my camera into a darker atmosphere and shooting people who are running or, or jumping or anything that involves a lot of movement. And if you're somebody that tried to do both those types of photography regularly, you're just not getting enough experience doing one thing. You're just not doing it enough where you can become a true expert. You can become good, but to become great or expert level at something requires almost sole dedication to that one thing. Now, do I think you have to narrow it down that far? No, I, I don't think so. For instance, the way I narrow myself down is that I consider myself to be a portrait photographer which simply means I take photos of people. So I might take engagement photos or family photos, or I might take photos of models wearing a t-shirt for a t-shirt company. But these types of photos are also very similar. It typically involves me taking photos of people around the same time of day. I usually work within the same time of day as a photographer. And while the intent might be different, you know, selling t-shirts versus preserving memories of an engaged couple, the process is still basically really almost exactly the same. It's like a writer, right? Like if you're Stephen King, you write horror because you're good at it and you enjoy doing it. And people know you as the guy who writes horror novels and they want to be able to see what you're doing next. I don't know how well a non-horror romantic novel would sell from Stephen King. It probably would sell okay because it's Stephen King. And that'd be more of the curiosity of, this guy just wrote a, a romance novel. I got to check this out. What's this going to be about? For a lot of authors, you really want to find a genre that you're comfortable writing in, that you enjoy writing in, that you're good at, and keep working on those skills. We talked about on episode two when I was primarily a filmmaker. And my goal at that time, before it changed, my goal was to become a filmmaker of feature-length horror films produced by a studio. So I didn't want to go make comedies or documentaries or dramas. I wanted to make horror films so I could get better at telling those types of stories and work towards my goal of being able to adapt what all the things that I've learned towards a much bigger scale film 
with a Hollywood studio. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was all over the place making all different types of movies regularly because I just would not have had the experience in scaring audiences through my visuals if I just didn't practice it enough. Once again, it comes down to that repetition again. If you start a band, chances are that you're a rock band or you're a pop band or you're a metal band. You're not saying like, oh, this is my band I've started. It is death metal and also polka and Gregorian chants. Although that would be kind of a fun band. So if, if a band like that exists, let me know because I would actually, that might, that might be fun to listen to. But you don't, you wouldn't typically do something like that. You know, if you start a death metal band, you want to have a whole catalog of death metal songs and be able to appeal to people who enjoy death metal. That's your target audience, is people who enjoy that type of music and you're putting it out and they're buying it. Or you're making this music and now you're getting booked at concerts and events in which death metal music is on the menu, so, so to speak. By spreading yourself too thin, you're just not getting enough experience in one type of thing that will get you to be the top class of that field. Now, your niche is also going to really depend on who you are as a person as well. For instance, I have a friend that only does product photography in his basement studio. He doesn't take photos of people. He doesn't take photos of cars. He doesn't take photos of cities. He gets sent merchandise and takes photos of it on his own time in his basement. And that works for him because he has social anxiety. So since he has social anxiety, he's not going to go to a wedding and try to corral all the, the drunk family members together and get them into groups to take photos and, and meet new couples all the time. Like That's just not something that he enjoys doing it. And if he doesn't enjoy it and you don't enjoy doing something, you probably shouldn't dedicate a lot of your time to doing that. So for this, he loves photography and he's able to work on his own, on his own schedule and create these really stunning product photos and he's become good at it because that's all he does is the once again the repetition of taking the same types of photos over and over again and getting better with each shoot now listen this doesn't mean that you can't ever do anything else other than one very specific thing i'm i'm not saying that at all certainly right now you're hearing me on a podcast and i'm telling you about how i do portrait photography and you also know that I used to make horror films. So obviously you can evolve, you can change, you can grow, but more importantly, you're able to do other things than your primary source of living. And what I mean by that is earlier I said, I'm a portrait photographer, that's how I make my money. But something that I like to do on weekends and my days off is I like to take my camera and go into a city and do street photography and urban landscape photography. So while I make my money primarily shooting portraits, I do this kind of as a hobby, posted to social media, at jrazika, shameless plug. And then I even sell some of those prints on my website, so I actually get a secondary source of income from these types of photos. So I'm doing something that I enjoy and I love in my own time, and it breaks up the monotony that I feel sometimes by shooting the same type of photo over and over again when I'm doing portraits. It's good to break up the monotony of your day-to-day -day life, especially you as a creative, you're probably good at a lot of different things. I'm not, but you probably are. I'm, I'm good at like one thing, but you know, you might be a, a writer or a musician or a cartoonist. Maybe you're really good at, at drawing and you make comic books or you, you draw for comic books. But then maybe on the weekend 
or on your own time, on your free time, you want to do something a little bit different. Maybe it has nothing to do with drawing even. Maybe you want to take up playing a musical instrument. Maybe you, you want to go and, and join a roller derby team. Maybe you're a karaoke master. I don't know. Sometimes you just need to do something for you and your happiness. Not that you're not happy doing what you're known for. You really should enjoy whatever you narrow down as your niche. Have you ever heard the phrase, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life? That's a lie. <laughs> that's, but just get that out now. That's, that's completely false. That's not true. You're going to have a lot of bad days doing what you do. But it's a lot better having a bad day doing what you love than having a bad day sitting in a cubicle doing a job that you can't stand. And I've been there too. So it's important to narrow down what you do and find a target audience and a market for what you do. It's also important that you don't burn out and that you take time for yourself to have other hobbies and do other things that you enjoy doing. Know that oftentimes your niche won't come together quickly. It will develop over time and in the meantime, just keep doing what you love because if you don't love doing it, then what's the point anyway? Sometimes it takes years to develop a niche. Sometimes you might find your niche very quickly. It's different for everybody, but it will come together organically. Certainly don't rush anything because if you start to rush things and, and try to force something, it's just not going to happen organically. And therefore, I find that you're probably not going to enjoy the process very much. And you might be discounting something that you're actually really, really good at for something that you know you can do right now. So give it some time and let your niche develop. And if you have a niche, I'm hoping that this helped reinforce the decisions that you've made. And if you don't have a niche, then I'm hoping this at least gets you thinking about narrowing down what you do as a service. This is a very short podcast today. I know I'm dating this, but last night was Halloween and I took my daughter trick-or-treating and when we got home, we saw that we didn't have a lot of trick-or-treaters at our house. So I have about 350 pieces of candy left. And I tried to make a dent in that last night. And now I just don't feel very well at all the next day. So I'm cutting this one uh, a little bit short. But next week, we're going to have a very special guest, someone that I've known for quite a while. It's going to be great to talk to them. You can find us on Instagram, at The Functional Creative. Send us a message. Follow us on there. Looking forward to interacting with everyone on Instagram. My name's Jay Rizika. We'll see you next week for episode five of The Functional Creative.